five minutes past 6 a.m. in the East Coast here. And uh, it is ZK Zalman Kopel, chief engineer here at the Nachum Siegel Network and host of the Tuesday Live Lunch, um, sitting in for the one and only Nachum Siegel. Um, but, you know, he'll actually be in uh, joining us, so that is, uh, a little later on here on this Friday morning, JM in the AM. Nachum is in Israel. And um, he will be joining us later on in the, in the program. Uh, of course, we will be featuring uh, Malcolm Holland with the weekly update. And, of course, Rabbi Yudin coming up, as uh, expected, every Friday morning here at JM and AM. So, uh, no worries, yes. Regular, uh, regular schedule here, as always, on a Friday morning here on NSN. Uh, so yeah, it's ZK, and um, if you want to reach me here in the studio, it's uh, ZK at NachumSiegel.com. That's ZK at NachumSiegel.com. Of course, you could comment on our app system, which I'm uh, checking uh, every now and then <laughs> this morning, the uh, Nachum Siegel app. And if you uh, haven't downloaded it yet, please do. Best way to tune into us, especially if you're on the go, is go to your app store, your uh, Play Store. And just um, type in the magical uh, name, the magic name, Nachum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. So, uh, yeah, it's Erev Shabbos, Parshish Kasisa, and uh, it's supposed to be uh, another wintry mix coming up uh, tomorrow here in the uh, New York, New Jersey, Tri-State area. Um, high of 38 tomorrow with a mix of... Rain and yes, snow. So looking forward to that. Um, okay, so we are going to continue with more great uh, music. This great Ev Shabbos uh, song selection from our uh, from a great classic from Silva Zetmer Boys Choir. Here it is for you on JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Uh, and uh, that was Shlaimi Gertner with Nishmas. Uh, we heard Mimkomcha from Rav Shlomo Kabach. And, uh, yeah, great selection. That is by request off our email system, zk at com. We heard Yehuda with Hodu Lashem. Shabbos Medley from the Tzilva Zevin Boris Choir, of course, opening things up with Moda Ani uh, by Regish. Here on this Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kasisa, Parshas Para. Candle lighting time, 6.46. Notice the uh, time change. Yes, we moved the clocks. Uh, Matzah Shabbos, Param night. Yes, we uh, changed the clock. So yes, notice the change. I know one of the shuls here in, uh, in the Brooklyn, New York, uh, already doing an early Shabbos, believe it or not. Kind of uh, weird to me, but uh, yes, they are uh, going to be making early Shabbos. Uh, one of the shuls here in Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, not for me. 6.46 candle lighting time for me here in uh, in the New York Tri-State area. And uh, by the way, it's ZK Zalman Kopel sitting in for the one and only Nachum Siegel, uh, who is in the Holy Land. He is in Jerusalem. He will be joining us for the weekly update coming up about 7.45 um, with Malcolm Homeline uh, w- that will be coming up. And, of course, we will feature Rabbi Benjamin Newton with the Torah portion of the week. So no worries. And, again, you can reach me at zknachomsegel.com off, and off our app system. You can comment. The Nachum Siegel app. Yes, yes, yes. Tomorrow is supposed to be a mix, a wintry mix. Once again, uh, high of 38 here in the New York, New Jersey, tri-state area. So uh, looking forward to some more great wintry weather. This is, uh, they're all saying, like, this is payback for all the beautiful weather we had a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully uh, we'll uh, depart soon and we'll get back to some some uh, spring weather, which, uh, yes, yeah, spring will be coming up, uh, I think, this weekend. So, yes, we hope uh, that the warm weather makes a return. And, yes, uh, we do hope that Pesach will be uh, nice weather. Uh, okay, we are going to head back to some more great Jewish music here on this Friday morning. JM and AM at ZK Zalman Kopel in Fernachem Siegel. Time to head to Avremol. This is Recalculate.
arrived at your destination.
Shorabi here on this Friday morning, JM in the AM, Be'erev HaShabbat, Shoresh with Bowie Veshalom, and uh, we heard Avramol, Avram Fried with Recalculate, great song. Um, it is 6.46 here on the East Coast, it's our Shabbos, Parshas Kasisa, Parshas Para. Candle lighting time is 6.46, notice the change of time, because uh, we move the clocks on uh, Perm. I think it's the first time in history <laughs> that we move the clocks on Perm. Because, uh, you know, the, uh, they, they made it that we move the clock earlier now. Um, a few years back, I don't know, the government made this decision. I don't know. I don't think it was a good idea, good move, but whatever. Uh, but yes, I believe it is the first time in history that we move the clock on Perm. I know it messed up a lot of people <laughs> with, the, you know, uh, McGill leaning and everything. It just um, threw everybody off, <laughs> including yours truly. Okay, um, we are going to uh, head back to more music in just a moment. Just want to uh, remind you that coming up after James Name this morning, it's Table for Two with our very own uh, Naomi Nachman. Yes, 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 uh, Table for Two. And she's going to have Melinda Strauss, Miriam Pascal. And, uh, the folks from Sum Sum, uh, from Sum Foods, excuse me, uh, uh, Shelby Zeitelbaum will be in studio with her as well. That's coming up at 9 a.m. right after JM and the AM here on NSN. Of course, the Arab Shabbat Music Mix sponsored by our friends at Kedem at 10 and at 12 noon, our very own music producer Mark Zamek will feature an Arab Shabbat live lunch. Featuring great Er Shabbos music, so you don't want to miss that coming up at 12 noon Eastern Time here on NSN. Of course, Saturday night, it's Saturday night single with uh, executive assistant Avrami featuring uh, great Jewish music and um, headlines at 11 p.m. with David Lichtenstein. That's coming up tomorrow night.
Matzah Shabbos here on NSN. Okay, um, again, you can reach me here in our studios, zk at nachumsegel.com, zk at nachumsegel.com, and zk is Alman Kopel, in front of one and only Nachum Siegel, who is in the Holy Land. He's spending Shabbos in Jerusalem, and um, he will be joining us coming up at uh, 7.45 with the weekly update with Malcolm Homeline. So no worries, you will get your weekly update coming up here on this Friday morning. And of course we will feature Rabbi Benjamin Yunin with the Torah portion of the week as well. Uh, let us know where you're tuned in from, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Again, you can reach us zk at nachomsegel.com or comment on our app system and our great Siegel app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I urge you to do so. Just go to your app store and type in the magic name, Nachum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. You'll see it right there. It's a free app. Download it and enjoy us, especially if you're on the go, like me, the whole time. <laughs> um, you definitely want to have that app downloaded on your smart device. Simcha Liner, live from Odessa, coming up here. This is the Al Hakol.
Thank you very much. Shalom Odessa!
Betty Weber for you here on JM and AM. That is Lechin Aranenu. Simcha Liner with Vialha Call live from Odessa. Closing out hour number uh, one here on uh, this Friday morning. Er Shabbos here on JM and AM. And you are tuned to uh, America's Most Listened to Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard was sponsored digital radio here on the uh, Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and on the uh, NSN app, the Higo. And a ZK Zalman Kopel sitting in front of one only Nachum Siegel, who is uh, going to be spending Shabbos in the Holy Land. He is in Israel, and he'll be joining us live from Jerusalem with the weekly update coming up at uh, in about 45 minutes or so. And uh, we will get them both, Nachum and Malcolm, on the phone. So no worries there. They will be joining us. Of course, we'll feature Rabbi Benjamin Newton with the Torah portion of the week. And uh, lots of great Erev Shabbos music as well, as uh, you expect from an Erev Shabbos uh, JMNAM. Seven o'clock, and uh, we are going to continue in just a moment. Just want to remind you once again that coming up after JM Name at nine a.m. Eastern Time, it's uh, Table for Two with Na- Naomi Nachman. Yes, she just came out with a new great uh, p- cookbook coming up for Pesach. It's a uh, Pesach cookbook, so yeah, check it out. She's going to be uh, in studio. With the uh, Zoom folks, <laughs> the uh, let's see, yes, uh, from Zoom Foods, we'll have Shelby Zeidelman, Melinda Strauss will be in the studio, and Miriam Pascal as well. That's coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here on NSN. Of course, the Air Shabbat Music Mix, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. And the Air Shabbat Live Lunch, featuring our very own music producer, Mark Zamek. That's at 12 noon today here on NSN. Uh, okay, we are going to head back to uh, some great Arab Shabbos music. Actually, uh, yeah, we're going to get to the to this great selection from Country S and the Stiebelhoppers. Those of you know uh, already, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of Country S. So, uh, yeah, we got to get them in. Here on this Friday morning, this is Save Mafter for Me. Oh, you can give Shlishi with the E to anybody you see that won't bother me. And you can give Hamishi, Shishi, and even Shvi to any family. Oh, 
you and every Jew's a proud Jew. Not just me, my sisters and my brothers never be ashamed to be a proud Jew. It's not what you've done, it's how he made you to sing this song and spread the pride around you. Yehudiani, eternally. Oh, you can't. 
was Sandy Shmueli with Kol Yom Shabbat. Great classic from Sandy. Remember playing that for many years already. Um, is uh, JM in the AM Friday morning? Uh, we heard Ohad before that with Bowie Kala. We heard Benny Friedman, Ivri Anochi. Great selection from Benny. Uh, we heard Amar from uh, Yerachmiel Begun and the Miami Boys. Quite a great classic. And, of course, we heard Country Yassi, Save Moff There For Me. Got to get to some country music here uh, when I fill in here on JM and AM. And, uh, yes, I believe we actually have on the phone right now Nachum Siegel, who is live from our uh, Jerusalem Bureau. Is it, am I right? Are you there, Nachum? Yeah, I've never gotten an injection like that. That was really wonderful of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Thank you, ZK. Thank you very much for uh, taking care of this morning's show. We will have a weekly update coming up, so I will join. Uh, I will be joined by Malcolm Holmline, uh just a few minutes from now and uh, talk about the latest news, etc. And I thank ZK for setting all that up. Um, just like I thank him for uh, taking care of our broadcast this morning. Much appreciated. Speaking to you from the... Uh, in the heart of the Jewish world, from Jerusalem, Israel, uh, where the Jerusalem Marathon has been completed, and the, some of the people that we're familiar with have uh, completed their part of the marathon. Not everybody was doing the 26 miles and change. Some were doing uh, 10K and other races, other other runs. Uh, but it seems like it was a uh, yet another successful Jerusalem Marathon here in the heart of the Holy City. And uh, I want to take this opportunity, you just played Ohad a moment ago, I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to, uh, to Ohad and Leah and the entire family. It is uh, Yair Yosef's Bar Mitzvah this Shabbos, looking forward to celebrating with them in uh, Modi'in. And um, we wish them a very special mazel tov from all of us here at JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, then I heard you played some Miami, and I know that that big concert was announced for Saturday Night Cholamoid on April the 15th. Um, between 8th Day in Miami, it's going to be one packed show on that Saturday night. You can go to jewishtickets.com to get information about that. And um, I also want to take this opportunity to remind everybody about a couple of things. First of all, being in Yerushalayim gives me a wonderful chance to remind everybody about the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. It's coming up at the end of May. May 24th is the exact date. I have been saying for months that every... School, shul, men's club, sisterhood, family, organization, company should be represented on that day on the 50th anniversary in the holy city of Jerusalem. So make sure to get your reservations in. It's Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Also, Sunday is a very big day in the New York area. The Yeshiva League Hockey Championships are taking place, both JV and Varsity. The Yeshiva League Hockey Championships are taking place both Junior Varsity and Varsity. And the exclusive home of the hockey championships will be the home page of NahumSiegel.com. Anybody around the world who wants to watch the games, the hockey games is coming Sunday. It's presented by Manischewitz. We thank our friends at Manischewitz. And you'll be able to watch it by going to our website, NahumSiegel.com. The video will be on the home screen, on the home page. And uh, those games will be um, will be uh, broadcast around the world under the leadership of Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor. And again, a big thank you to Manischewitz. A thank you to Crown Trophy, as usual. 
And a thank you to Elliot and the entire team that's going to be bringing that to you on Sunday. So enjoy it, everybody. It's really going to be uh, spectacular and fun. And that's happening at the Lawrence Middle School. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will actually be there for the final games uh, all through the day. Um, and a big mazel tov going out to all the musmachim. The Chag HaSmicha at Yeshiva University is this coming Sunday. Um, special mazel tov to Julius Berman and Herschel Schachter for the special awards that they are receiving on Sunday. And, of course, mazel tov to all the musmachim and their families. I had told Rabbi Penner that if I'm in the United States, I hope to be there. Obviously, I'll be here, so I won't actually be able to be there physically. But uh, like many other people, we can access it online through uh, the YU website and watch the Chagas Smicha anywhere around the world. So again, Mazal Tov to everybody up at Yeshiva University. Uh, so there's some of the updates and some of the things I want to remind everybody about. Our weekly update is coming up. I'll be in Jerusalem. Malcolm Homelines in New York. And we'll speak about the events of this week and some of the news of the day. We'll do that about 15 minutes from now here at JM in the AM on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisisa, Erev Shabbos Parshas Para. Uh, ZK, I'm not sure exactly what time you've been announcing for candle lighting. I'm assuming it's around 645 in New York. Uh, yeah, I've been announcing 646. Notice oh, the, ta- 646. Notice the time change. <laughs> Uh, so everyone, everyone got an extra minute. See what happens when ZK does the show, everybody? You got a little bit of leeway. You got an extra minute. Um, <laughs> so 6.46, your official candle lighting time. And then, of course, we're followed by Naomi Nachman and the uh, edition of this week's edition of Table for Two, and then the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, including Mark Zamek's live lunch, uh, all coming up. And that's going to be a very, very long segment today. And a big thank you to our friends at Kedem. It's going to go all the way until candle lighting time, until 6.46. No better way to prepare for Shabbos and to have an Arab Shabbos soundtrack on your home or your car, your place of work, than by having our stream, our network going uh, at com, the NSN app, and the Nahum Siegel Network. So that does it for now. I'll be uh, speaking to you again just a few minutes from now. We'll introduce Malcolm Holmline, get into some of the news of the week. And again, a big thank you to ZK uh, in these situations where I'm traveling. Uh, he and many others. Uh, pitch in, and in this case, it is he who is uh, presenting the radio show this morning, and it's much appreciated. From Jerusalem, it's Nahum Siegel. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. And thank you for that, Nahum. And we are going to continue with more great Jewish music here on this uh, Friday morning, JM in the AM. Yo, 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 check this out. It's Eitan G, and I'm back again. One, two, three, kick it. Friday night and I'm back from school. I smell the food and I start to drool. Shalom Aleichem has already been said. I bless the children, but before we're fed, we start kicking the kiddies on the grapevine. And I know pretty soon everything will be fine. So we wash this way and wash that way. We make the place and now it's time to say the most. Make it a 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 a piece of bread, I think and realize what I have said, praise and thanks to the one above, the creator of the world, who I know and love, now I have a big smile, and do not frown, because I know that it's time, to munch on down, on everything that's sitting right on my plate, all because, I just made, I made the most make it, 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 make
you can say it too. Before you eat any kind of bread, this blessing. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty good deal. All the rest of the food that's in your meal is covered by a mosi. Enough to say, enjoy your food and now enjoy your bread. Make it a mosi. Make it, make it, make it, make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it, make it, make it, make it a mosi. At the grandpa's food, but this can be a mitzvah for all of you. Not only for the rabbis, cantors, or the doctors, not only for musicians who play it. So now I'll tell you how to do this wondrous beat of giving thanks to the Lord, whose rules we eat. Blessed is the Lord who brings bread from the land with his outstretched hand. Make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it a Make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it a mosi. Make it a 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 Make
Yako Shweki with Etri Code for you here on this Friday morning JM in the AM. Uh, we heard also Schlockrock with Mekinamutsi, a great selection from Schlockrock. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas uh, Kisisa, Parshas Para coming up. And uh, yes, yeah, some more wintry mix heading our way tomorrow. Uh, a little snow and rain, a high of 38 tomorrow. A little payback for all the warm weather we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had some nice snow this week. And uh, yet uh, some more wintry mix heading our way tomorrow here in the New York, New Jersey, Tri-State area for Shabbat. want to wish a uh, Maltov to Moshe and Hannah Newman on the birth of a baby boy, a Bechar. In uh, Yerushalayim, and um, they want to thank the entire Sharei Tzedek staff as well for all their help. <laughs> and uh, yes, big, big mouth stuff from all of us here at JM in the AM, the Nachum Single Network. It's ZK Zalman Kopel, chief engineer here at the Nachum Single Network and host of the Tuesday Live Lunch. I'm in for Nachum and. Uh, Nachum will be, we just heard before, and he'll be joining us once again for the weekly update. So no worries. Even though I am sitting here in the uh, studio, Nachum will be joining us for the weekly update shortly with Malcolm. Um, and I will make that connection very shortly. Of course, uh, Rabbi Benjamin Yoon with the Torah portion of the week coming up as well. And much, much more. Here on this Friday morning. If you want to reach me here on, uh, in our studio, it's zk at nachomsegel.com. You can reach us on our app system. A lot of great apps. A lot of people communicating with each other. It's great to see that. A lot of people commenting about the Jerusalem Marathon. Miles tough to all those who completed that. Especially JM from Teaneck, <laughs> who, uh, charming, who was chiming in in our app system this morning. Good morning to Yaakov Orbach, who's tuned in to us as well. And uh, there you have it. Okay, so uh, we're going to make that connection with uh, Nachum and Malcolm in just a moment. Uh, they should be joining us in about five minutes. And in the meantime, we're going to get back to the music. This is Yaeli Greenfeld with Zeh.
JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kasisa, Parshas Para. Candle lighting coming up at 6.46. Notice the time change. Yes, we did move the clocks on Perm. Uh, for those of you who don't, who didn't notice by now. Um, okay, and I believe we do have on the phone uh, Nachum and Malcolm. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, CK. We're going to start the weekly update in a moment. In Jerusalem, Malcolm's in New York, and we will get to the news of the day and of the week in just a moment. Just a couple of reminders. Uh, oh, in fact, you mentioned about the uh, clock change in the United States. The clock will change here in Israel, and we'll get back to a seven-hour difference this coming Thursday night. Again, a reminder, the uh, Yeshiva League Hockey Championships will be shown exclusively at NahumSiegel.com, presented by our friends at Manashevitz. It happens on Sunday, so if you want to see the games, you make sure to go to our website at NahumSiegel.com. A big mouthful to all of the Musmachim up at Yeshiva University, the Chag HaSmicha taking place this coming Sunday, and to, especially to uh, Julius Berman and to Herschel Schechter, the special awards that they're receiving on Sunday. We wish them a very special Mazel Tov as well, of course, and um, I take this opportunity to wish uh, Ohad, Ohad Moskowitz and his family, and especially Bar Mitzvah Boy, Yair Yosef, a special Mazel Tov as we get set to celebrate in Modi'in this coming Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Appreciate that. Good opportunity, or as we say here in the uh, city, as we say here in the city of gold, a golden opportunity. Uh, since I'm here now to remind everybody about uh, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, uh, the uh, the city of gold will be celebrating on May the 24th, and we hope everybody out there either will be here or will have a representative here. Make sure to get all the information. Go to mizrahi.org/yy50. Mizrahi.org. Slash YY50. I know that you spend some time um, constantly, practically every day, just like we're doing. You're reminding people to try their best to be in Jerusalem that day. So everyone circle the calendar and try to be there, on, be here rather, on the 24th of May. Better they circle Jerusalem and uh, be there. The calendar, you know, is just a reminder, but being there is what's important. No question about that. Today, by the way, a fun day in Yerushalayim, the Jerusalem Marathon. Um, and uh, yet another, I mean, we've discussed this a million times, yet another opportunity for the city of Jerusalem to invite people from around the world to see its beauty and to see how incredible it is and to fill up the hotels again for a couple of nights, which is nice. And uh, thank God everything was safe here today. Everything went well. Uh, you know, it's always on the top of the priority list how things went security-wise, and thank God everything was fine. Baruch Hashem, Ayn Hara. Um, also, Malcolm, we must, you and I must, acknowledge that the New York Times itself, believe it or not, um, cited what uh, the JTA had cited a few uh, a few weeks ago, uh, that Jason Greenblatt from the White House uh, tunes into a weekly Jewish radio show featuring Malcolm Holmine each week. So I don't know. Do we have to start? Uh, do we have to start doing this a little differently? Maybe think think twice instead of once before we say things on this show, or we can continue as usual. Well, one of us does think more than once usually before we say something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you never know who's listening in any of it. That's why you always have to be careful. Make sure what you're saying is right. And um, and I think that uh, maybe we informed some of the discussions that he had uh, this week in Israel and elsewhere. Well, that's the big question. You and I were discussing this off the air. Is there a way for you to evaluate how those talks went, what type of progress he did or did not make during the visit to the Middle East? No, not yet. And we'll hear from, uh, uh, I hope to meet him soon, but uh, I think we'll learn more as uh, time goes on. But I think this trip was not 
so much to put forward proposals as it was to hear from all the different parties. Uh, he met with Abbas, or certainly met with the Prime Minister of Israel twice, I think. He met with even with settler groups, which I think was important, because if you're going to deal with issues like this, you have to hear from all sides, and that's been a population that largely did not have a say, to at least present their, their position. And... Um, and I think that he, he will go back now, as, as reported, and meet with the president about it. Uh, we'll see what, what will come of it. You know, the, the bottom line is that they realize negotiations, a process, can be assisted, can be facilitated by the U.S., but it comes down to whether uh, Mr. Abbas is ready to sit down and really negotiate with Israel. Is he really ready to recognize the Jewish state? Is he just going to put on a show? Uh, there are many people who believe that right now is the time for more bottom-up things like economic development and enhancing people's incentive to, be, to see peace and to to want to commit, and uh, and that Abbas is not really ready to do what's necessary in order to to have a, a, some sort of a conclusion for for these from these negotiations. The Trump administration in general, it seems, has really harped on the term direct negotiations. That, that is, I'm just confirming and curious about your analysis, and really I think it's important to remind everybody, that is very different. As, as little difference, sometimes people like to point out with the previous administration, that's a significant difference in the previous administration, emphasizing direct negotiations between the two parties. Well, the administrations, all the administrations have, have said that uh, that the ultimate negotiations have to be between the parties that they didn't want to impose, but they created conditions which might have been more difficult or gave the impression or incentivized the Palestinians not to talk because they felt that they could get on from uh, the international community, from going to the U.N., the ICC, and other bodies. You saw how Nikki Haley, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., how strongly she reacted to some of the actions this week, one where, where uh, this group, Exwa, uh, which is a group of 18 Arab countries who have the East Asian Economic and Social Committee, something ridiculous, uh, based in Beirut, and by the way, with 400 staff people there, so when we're talking about cuts, this is a good place to start looking. And it seems that each of the regional grouping has a similar office that's in addition to the Department for Economic and all of the other bodies that deal with these issues at the United Nations. In any event, she came down very hard because they came out with a report saying that Israel imposes apartheid on the Palestinians. Then it turns out it's written by Richard Falk, who has certainly been discredited over the years. He was a U.N. official and and uh, viciously anti-Israel, uh, uh, and by all assessments, it seems, uh, you know, hostile. And he, he wrote this report, and she came down about the Human Rights Council's biases against Israel, etc., so... Uh, there's a different atmosphere certainly created in addition to whatever substantive differences and that the fact that the president said it's up to the parties. He's not going to say whether it should be one, two-state, whatever. But they have gone back to the language of, of talking about a two-state solution. And the, the, um, uh, the, the regional setting is very different. We have real challenges still, uh, but the, the regional setting and for the Palestinians, the message from many of the countries is it's time to, to get to a resolution. Obviously, you mentioned the, a moment ago that Nikki Haley and the human rights, uh, um, you know, the violation accusations against Israel. Netanyahu, the prime minister, specifically asked Italy this week to oppose further UNESCO uh, Jerusalem resolutions. Does her presence 
in the UN on the assumption that you know that casual observers like me are right that she's there with a with with an interest to defend Israel. Um, does it help with, with with things like UNESCO and those types of resolutions, or really, or she's really there only dealing with the political aspect? No, it's the U.S. presence. Usually, there are other ambassadors who or representatives who sit in these bodies. But uh, not with you in regard to UNESCO, because the United States is not a member, because UNESCO recognized the Palestinian state, and U.S. law is that if you recognize it, we're out. So we are out of there. The debate now is whether the U.S. should again pull out of the Human Rights Council. If you remember, under President Bush, we withheld our ambassador. They didn't appoint one to it. President Obama did re-engage at the council, in the ho- and it was supposedly revised, but in fact, it reverted back to form and just condemns Israel more times than all other countries together, has more resolutions. I think uh, uh, over nine years, maybe 60 resolutions against Israel and five on Iran, or all the major violators are Syria and the... the um, uh, so the the question about engagement is going to be one uh, that's going to be debated now, whether the Congress will start to cut funding and say to them, if you don't shape up, we're going to cut it out completely, or start seeing some real reforms and changes, not only budgetary, but in terms of the agenda and this bias against Israel, etc. Uh, so it will be something you'll hear a great deal about now. Um, and while we're on the subject of uh, of the administration, uh, Sebastian Gorka, I noticed this in the Jerusalem Post, a counterterrorism advisor for for President Trump. He's reportedly a member of a uh, of a group that's listed by the U.S. State Department as a, as, an affili- as one that has an affiliation with Nazi Germany, or I assume Nazi groups in Germany. Uh, should there be an effort, as the article indicates, by Jewish groups to have a master from the White House? But the story has been repudiated, and. Uh... According to people I spoke to last night, late last night, the story has not been uh, uh, justified. <clears throat> there was supposedly somebody in the organization who said that he was a member, but in fact he, he completely denies it, said he had no association with them. So we have to get much more facts before. Unfortunately, you know, in this era, anybody can make an accusation, and with the speed of light or the speed of the Internet, it becomes a fact. And unfortunately, in this case, one of the publications picked it up, um, but it's not clear that, that that there is validity. People who know him told me last night that they don't believe that uh, this story is at all true. What about the story about uh, action yesterday between Syria and Israel? Uh, that about is a rocket. <laughs> well, Israel is de- denying that it happened, correct? No. Israel is confirming that they took an action, and it was probably to cut off the supply to Hezbollah or Hamas of some sophisticated weapons. It was the more escalated event, and Syria lobbed some uh, missiles into Israel, anti-aircraft missiles that landed in Israel, uh, and they have uh, said that this is the most serious encounter. Uh, Israel rarely uh, acknowledges any of the raids that it, t- that it has done, about two, a dozen of them or two dozen over the years, uh, despite which Hezbollah has managed to smuggle some of the weapons, but not nearly the quantity, and Israel blew up a warehouse where there was a lot of the, uh, the both the missiles and the components. But now the Iranians have facilitated building underground facilities in Lebanon for the manufacturing of the FETA missiles, and uh, there are IRGC, Iran Revolutionary Guard personnel, plus Syrians who were trained at this technical university in, in Tehran, 
who are working on assembling and building the missiles there. Again, it's underground, so it's uh, not really visible, and, and we don't know all the locations, et cetera, but, but the, the IRGC itself has confirmed the existence of these facilities. And, um, and this is in part because Israel knocked out one of the warehouses in Sudan. They knocked out them, uh, some of their facilities, uh, transshipment facilities in Syria, uh, and uh, so they had to look for an alternative, and that is to do it yourself. So the denial is about Syria shooting down an Israeli jet. That the idea said, exactly. Right, that that the idea said never happened. Right. And on the other things, so when we read about the January, uh, you know, the takeout of the warehouse, etc., that was in the Sudan, or some of those were in Syria itself. No, Syria only. There was an attack in the Sudan, one or two, uh, which took out facilities because they were transshipping through. Sudan via Egypt via other ways Libya to get to to Lebanon to get to Hezbollah, but uh, then they started transporting it via Syria because they had full access now in Syria, and those attacks were were in Syria by and large. So, so now you know my next question. You know, based on what we discussed last week, again, I mean, now because of the the Russian presence in the region, and because you know you somewhat described that you described us you know, somewhat last week what the relationship is between the prime minister and the president of of Russia. Uh, before this happens, does Israel inform Putin about it? Do they do they make sure that that there's some type of communication with them because of his. Uh, because of his dominance at the moment in the region? Well, there are two dominant factors in Syria today. One is Iran and one is Russia, both of whom are looking for permanent presence there. Both are building bases, Russia air and naval. Right now, Iran just naval. Um, but they're also, you know, doing exchange of population, doing many other things. When Netanyahu was in Russia recently, you can be sure that this was the major issue of discussion, was the encroachment of IRGC, uh, the militias, Shiite militias, and others backed by Iran um, it, into the Golan area, and that if there is a ceasefire or anything, that the, the Golan is not part of the deal, that, that that is off the table, and that the security situation at Israel is not going to permit it, and they will retaliate, so it's in everybody's interest not to see an escalation here and to make sure that, that the, both the Iranian Agencies and uh, agents and the IRGC itself are not allowed to go near the Golan nor near the border of Jordan, which has a long border both with Syria and Iraq and has a huge military presence along that border, but very scared and in a difficult situation generally today. So this is even more potentially destabilizing. Do you think that uh, in, in light of what happened this week, that Israel does have to inform Russia before taking such action, or we're not at that stage where that has to be done? I know it's speculation. No, there is coordination. There is a coordination apparatus in place, which I assume notifies them if Israeli aircraft are involved. Most of the attacks by Israel has been done by missile, which avoids the S-300 aircraft defense system that Russia provided to Syria. It's very advanced. And uh, so Israeli aircraft have to be uh, more careful, uh, but I, I think that there is a mechanism in place where there's some notification. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm has limited time this week, so I'm going to get right back to things in a moment. Just wanted to remind everybody that we thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you are looking for 
thousands of articles on Jewish subjects and Israel subjects to print out before Shabbos. Go to jewishworldreview.com. Highly recommended. And, of course, our friends at onlysimplis.com will continue to utilize our content for much of what they report in their regular news feed, in addition to all the great simplis that they announce. Uh, a big thank you to onlysimplis.com. And a reminder, our varsity hockey and junior varsity hockey championship games are happening this Sunday. Manischewitz are presenting them, and we are going to have them exclusively on our website, on the homepage at nachomsegel.com. You can watch them anywhere around the world. Um, Iran has set up underground rocket factories in Lebanon. Now, this, this, this is or is not a new story. They, they have been operative for about three months. There have been reports of this uh, for a long, a long time. And I think, um, you know, they, they've been providing them with all sorts of weapons. We know that they have the underground network of tunnels in southern Lebanon along the Israel border. And um, But now they have these people, as I said before, Lebanese trained there who are uh, uh, working with them, and this is, uh, you know, obviously a big threat. What was interesting was to see the Secretary General of the United Nations condemn Hezbollah's uh, activities, the fact that it's a violation of the UN Resolution 1701 that was adopted after the Second Lebanese War, and that they're not supposed to think that they're compromising Lebanese sovereignty. But the fact is that because now they are an integral part uh, there were a number of uh, comments this week, and and something we touched on before that now uh, they are all going to be part of if, if there's God forbid another conflict or, or attack. Um, in the past, Israel avoided civilian targets or targets of the uh, Iraqi government uh, of this uh, Lebanese government because Hezbollah was a separate entity. Today, they are one and the same, and the president Aoun is is uh, a big supporter of theirs, and they are, have integrated with the Lebanese army. In fact, we would say dominate the Lebanese army. So they become fair game, uh, and you won't have the limitations that uh, existed before. Yeah, and it goes without saying that Israel and its military forces are well aware of what's happening up north. They're well aware of it. They they want to avoid any any kind of a conflict. They've been warning them about staying away from the border area, and uh, and and if there are incursions or any kind of encroachment on, that threatens Israel's security, Israel will have to send a very strong message. Um, just back to earlier, we talked about the diplomacy uh, and the visit to, to Israel. So it, I I'm, don't remember if you said it or not. There will be a, a definite Abbas visit to the White House? Was there a formal invitation and a formal acceptance to that? Yes, there was a formal invitation, a formal acceptance. I don't know if they set the date. I know that President Sisi is due to come in early April. Others are scheduled to come, and I assume that he will come then as well. Right. But, but, he, but he also put down conditions, supposedly, Abbas, to, to Greenblatt, that Israel has to stop the settlements, that they have to release a number of prisoners, they have to guarantee a Palestinian state in the 67 borders, that they have to... Um, uh, there were other conditions that they set for uh, uh, the negotiations, they, and specifically a timetable, all of which are, are I do not think are new, but they put they put these forward as uh, conditions, um, say, and some started interpreting it that well maybe he's ready for real talks. I do not believe that 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 this represents any kind of a, of a significant change. And when it comes to the nuclear capability, the, the North Korea issue, obviously very big right now. Iran, obviously, is always you know uh, a, an issue of importance when it comes to Israel. I assume that Middle East envoys of the White House are not addressing those issues, and that would be more of a Rex Tillerson 
uh, you know, visit to the Middle East? Would that be accurate? No, I think that, that this is a priority issue of the National Security Council. I'm not sure. The State Department isn't really staffed up yet. He is dealing with the North Korea issue. That's true. And uh, but, but in terms of the Middle East uh, issues, uh, certainly regarding Iran, Iran announced yesterday that the Boucher II nuclear reactor is going to is going the construction just started, and you know they're also making more threatening statements about the, the naval capacity and threatening the U.S., including having the some a very key guy in the IRGC, the man who heads their uh, runs the security policy division of it, said that they have a big infrastructure in the United States and that they have two million Iranians here. Uh, people should not start believing that Iranian Americans are involved. I don't believe it's the case, but he's talking about a clandestine army. Uh, I think it's a it's a hollow threat, but but a danger that that they do operate uh, all over, and that those issues in regard to Iran would not be limited. I think it is the uh, priority issue. We will have to see how it, it, it plays out. Right now, I think it'll be the National Security Council that will take the lead in that regard. We also have to look at, by the way, the, the uh, growth of al-Qaeda again, reemerging as the battle with ISIS becomes the, it has been the focus in Syria. They have come back with a, a, a new group, HST. It's a new umbrella, and they are looking to establish themselves um, and you saw the bombing that took place in Damascus, where 74 people were killed, and they said this was a message to Iran and the Shiite militias because they hit two holy shrines that are really associated with the Shiites. Uh, and just back to Iran for a moment, on, and we, we see more public statements by Turkey, which seems to indicate that they're pretty fearful of Iran. Um, and I, I wonder if that will only increase the potential of an even better relationship with Israel. Well, it, the Iranians are, are upset because they think that, are reportedly upset because they think the Russians are veering towards the Turks uh, as opposed to Iran. Iran, uh, we heard, have offered Russians uh, permanent bases uh, at the Persian Gulf, uh, but there seems to be some tension uh, specifically in, in Iran, and as I said, Iran, like Russia, are, are, are seeking permanent uh, status and building the bases. Um, and but Russia, which is also has special forces in Egypt near the Libyan border and is trying to build a base in Libya, is taking advantage of the situation to create a footprint in the region. And their activities along the border there are to support guy uh, uh, Khalifa Haftar, who's uh, leading a military force, and they just want to be there no matter what the outcome is in Libya. That they want to have a power position like they do in uh, in, in Syria, Iran. Uh, Iran's foreign minister yesterday issued a warning to Turkey telling them they should demonstrate self-restraint and said to them that they have to act more seriously. Uh, this is pretty strong diplomatic language coming from a foreign minister to, to another country. Um, so I think Erdogan is still preoccupied with Holland and other things, but uh, I don't believe that that will go without a response for long. Hmm. Um what do you make of Jordan's denial of the U.S. request to extradite the Sabaro bombing attack terrorists? Is this typical of Jordan? And we've been here you know, down this road before. Do you think they're going to eventually turn around and follow the U.S. request? I do not think so. I think because of their domestic situation, he doesn't want to. I think we have to remember that the Sabaro murderer, um, uh, Al-Tamimi, was uh, sentenced, this was in 2001, because of the Sabaro bombing. 
and he uh, was released after eight years as part of the Shalit deal. And remember, mm-hmm. seven children were amongst those killed in that horrific event, event. Fifteen people were killed altogether, and he has since served as a TV host in Jordan and is very celebrated. And I think the Jordanian government is probably afraid of what the repercussions would be and would likely be. But what's important also is that the Department of Justice, for the first time, sought the deportation of of uh, somebody for that kind of act for for Palestinian um, terrorist activity, and uh, it's a it's a legal precedent, and hopefully they will go after others as well. Right. We should keep in mind also that there was a, a sentencing. I believe it was a sentencing in the case of the driver in the Mickey Mark murder. Um, and in addition to that, I was told that uh, the trial of the terrorist responsible for Ezra Schwartz's murder starts this Sunday in Israel. In fact, some of the boys who are actually at the scene in the van with him are back in Israel for that trial that starts, I believe, on Sunday. Sometimes we forget about the, the justice that, that needs to and eventually, hopefully, is carried out in these cases. Uh, that's one of the things that continues to go on um, in lieu of the attacks. And again, we see this week there was an attempt... Uh, of another terrorist attack here in uh, in Israel, a car ramming. That I don't know if you saw the video, but it yeah. was it, it, it didn't succeed for the strangest of circumstances. Maybe maybe a driver who was you know not quite sure what they were doing, but um, uh, these things continue. On the better news, by the way, and I know you're limited on time, but I got to mention it. What, what was your impression of the mobile ideal this week? Ken Yerbu, getting 15 million. <laughs> <laughs> it should only happen to companies that we're involved with. That uh, that it's really terrific. Uh, uh, the biggest uh, IPO, the biggest uh, purchase, the buyout, uh, 15 billion dollars for an Israeli thing, and it and, and it just raises the status of Israel's significance and centrality, and especially in this cutting edge technology of, you know, driverless cars, which uh, will be something that we will all see in the future. By the way, I don't know if you saw also that Israel shut down finally this uh, an agency, the PA, that worked out of Jerusalem to keep track tank of any Arabs who sold land to Jews, and that was finally shut down by uh, Gilad Erdan, the Minister of uh, Public Security, and the, anybody who, who was willing to sell land or homes to Jews was given to the PA, security services, and obviously they were then uh, addressed. And and uh, on legal grounds, they were able to close there. Yes, because they said it, it violated the sovereignty of uh, of Israel and Jerusalem, and um, and that uh, that it terrorizes Arabs who sell state uh, real estate to Jews. I mean, why should somebody be permitted to carry out in a function like that? Oh, 100%. We're also and seeing so- the incursions, by the way, in the areas around Jerusalem along Highway 1, where more than a 1,000 buildings are already built by Bedouin on both sides of the road. What clearly is uh, a land has implications in terms of a land grab as well, and Israel's been starting to address it, but it's being fu- funded by the EU and uh, the Palestinian Authority. When Israel wanted to build re- reasonable housing and, and create the towns for them, the EU and the PA rejected it, but now we're seeing that they're they're trying to um, create facts on the ground, and more being built every day. By the way, I mean, you know, I mean, I have the chance, thank God, to be here every few months. You on a more regular basis. I mean, isn't it unbelievable? You talk about Highway One. Isn't it unbelievable the progress that's being made on the construction? Do you sometimes drive on the BQE and wonder why Israel can't take care of the construction of our roads and infrastructure? 
uh, I wonder all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable. The, the, the tunnels and overpasses have been built. They're really and remarkable, that, and the, 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 you know, it's almost like they came out of nowhere. Because when you, you know, yeah. we, we drive on those roads, you don't realize all the work that goes on in between. But it is amazing. And now the, the light railroad, the railroad connections, the it's a revolutionary change. Pretty amazing, and of course. Uh, uh, <laughs> although I'm sure I'm sure it'll get some type of humorous reaction. Still, we understand the importance on the world stage of um, of presenting oneself in a good manner. Uh, in this case, the Israel team and the World Baseball Classic, they they really really did well, even though they had a rough ending. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. And they really represented the Jewish people, I thought, really nicely in a variety of ways, including uh, with Kipot as the Hatikva was playing at these games. And, and you, as you've discussed so many times for us about symbolism, that should not be minimized. It shouldn't be, and they were never expected to get as far as they did. The fact that they lost is is the way the game goes. But uh, I think you're right. It really got people in Israel excited, and I think it will project baseball in Israel in the future. No question about it. Well, I promise you'll be finished by uh, 8.14, so I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and greetings from Jerusalem. And to you, and have a great Shabbos there. Keep us in mind. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, ZK, I can introduce Rabbi Yudin, correct? Yes, you can. Okay, and I will in just a moment. Another reminder, everybody, as we uh, celebrate... Um, as we are in Jerusalem now, it's an amazing opportunity to remind you about the celebration happening on May the 24th, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Get the information and make sure to make your reservations. You could be here for that unbelievable week of 50 years later in the city of gold. Uh, it's um, Mizrahi.org slash YY50, Mizrahi.org slash YY50. And before I sign off, I remind everybody who's ready for the hockey championships in the Yeshiva League this Sunday, the Manashevitz will present... Uh, coverage uh, under the leadership of Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor, um, of the entire uh, Junior Varsity and Varsity Championships on Sunday afternoon from Lawrence Middle School. My thanks to Seth Gordon, the commissioner of the league for all his cooperation, and to the team that's in place who's going to do a great job on Sunday. Make sure to go to NahumSiegel.com to our homepage to see all the action. Again, a big, big mazel tov to Ray Penner and uh, to everybody up at Yeshiva University, of course, uh, President Joel. Uh, President-elect Berman, and to uh, everybody who's ready to celebrate the big Chag HaSmicha this coming Sunday up at YU, another amazing and incredible milestone. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kisisa. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Kisisa contains four positive mitzvos, including the first one, that of giving Machtis HaShekel, which we read a few weeks ago with Parshas Shkolim, before Purim, and the five restrictions, the last of which according to the Chinuch Mitzvah 113, is the prohibition of eating milk and meat. In this week's Parsha, you have it for the second time. In addition to Parshas Kisisa, the weekly Torah reading, we have the third of the four special Parshios, that of Parshas Parah. Parshas Pora is the reading from 
the fourth book of the Torah, Sefer Bamidbar, from chapter Yutes 19, in, from the beginning of Parshas Chukas, the first 22 psukim. According to some, and the Machaber in the Shulchan Aruch brings this down, some say that the reading of Parshas Parah is Deoraisa, is a Torah obligation. This is disputed among the Chachamim. The answer is, come on, we're going to Shul anyway, I hope, and if anybody was in doubt, should I, should I not, hopefully this should push us, and we'll go and hear Pasha's Pora. On the one hand, Pasha's Pora clearly is reading regarding the Pora Aduma the red heifer, whose purification was necessary in order to bring the Korban Pesach. In order to bring the Pesach, to eat the Pesach, one had to be in a state of Tahara purity. And if anybody went to a funeral, was under the same roof as a dead body, participated um, in either uh, Shmira, Tara, and um, therefore needed to have the ashes and water of the Paraduma sprinkled upon them, man or woman, in order for them to be able to participate in the Korban Pesach. So this is one reason for our reading Pasha's Parah, a kind of Unshalma Parim Svasenu, that which we cannot do. Literally, may our reading about it, may our studying about it, may our pining for it be looked upon upstairs as if we actually did it. And secondly, um, as we'll talk about, I hope, in a few moments, there is the Sheish Zechiros, the six remembrances that the Jew is to remember on a daily basis. And one of them is, Zohar, you are to remember, Esa Sherik Tzavta, how you angered Hashem Elokecha Midbar, how you angered God in the desert. And our rabbis tell us that this specifically refers to the sin of the golden calf as well, which is uh, mentioned in detail in this week's Parsha of Kisisa, and as Rashi brings from his end of his commentary uh, in Parsha's Chukas, while he begins and tells you that the Para Aduma is the quintessential chok at the very end of his commentary on Perik Yotes, Rashi then uh, tells you the following, that Para Duma, Mashal, to what may be compared, he quotes from the Medrash Tanchuma, Le Ben Shifcha, to the child of a, a maidservant, Shetinaif Platin Shomelech, that dirtied the palace of the king. Amru, so they said, Tavoimo, let the mami come, Usekaneach Hatsoa, and clean up the schmutz, the dirt that the child made. Kach, 
Similarly, Tovo Pora, let the Pora Aduma come, Usachaper Al Ho'egel. And it should atone for the sin of the golden calf. And I strongly recommend that you bring to the uh, table the um, Rashi, and you'll see how Rashi continues and shows the similarities and the manner in which the Pura expiates and atones for the sin of the golden calf. I'd like to share with you a rather interesting exciting and I think perplexing Medrash. Now, if you have the Medrash, it's found in Shmos Rabbah, chapter 19, paragraph 2. And I'd be honored if you bring it to the table. 19.2 in Shmos Rabbah. If you don't have a Medrash, then you're going to trust me. Now, interestingly, the Medrash is found on the Pasuk in chapter 12 of Shmos, Pasuk Mem Gimel, 43, towards the end of chapter 12. And what does it say there? Vayomer Hashem el Moshe v'Aaron. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Zos Chukas HaPosach. This is the law of the Pesach laws, but we know that Chok is the kind of law that the Torah does not give a reason for. So, the Medrash on that Pasuk says the following, and it quotes from Tehillim, chapter 119, verse 80, right? Let my heart be whole and complete and accepting of your statutes. The Pasuk, he quotes here, This is the law regarding Pesach. And the Torah in the second reading for this Shabbos, the Chukas HaPara. Both of them, says the Medrash, Domin Why? Because the term Chukas is found by both. Chukas HaPesach and Chukas HaTorah. Now he goes, And you don't know which one is greater. Now first of all, to me, it's a very strange question. Which one is greater? Obviously, you need them both. And if you were to ask me which one is greater, I would have said the Pesach is greater because the Pora, the Pora Aduma, the red heifer, is a facilitator, enabler, what you would call in Hebrew a Hechsha Mitzvah, that which provide, uh, provides for. It's a Hechatimtza. It brings it about, and of the two, listen carefully, everybody knows that there are 36 mitzvos which can lead to uh, kares. 34 of them are restrictions, negatives. Two are positive. The only two positive mitzvos that can come to kares are mila, circumcision, if one does not have himself circumcised. And secondly, karma pesach. It's a positive mitzvah that if one doesn't do it, say, I'll sit this one out, they get kores. Unbelievable. So it's such a significant mitzvah. So I would have thought, if you're going to ask me the question, first I would say, don't ask. But once you're asking, I would say Pesach is more important. But what do I know? Listen to the Medrash. The Medrash says, Moshal l'shtei matronos domos. Like what may be compared to two matrons. They were walking 
together, the Neros Shavos, and they appear to be of equal stature. And again, the Medrash asks, Mi Gedola Mizu, which one is greater than the next one? And it answers, Osa. The one that escorts and facilitates the next one, that's the greater one. So here goes. Kach, so too, says the Medrash. Pesach, memabo chuka. The word chok is written by the Pesach. And the para, it says chuka. Migadola, which one is greater? Hapara, the para is greater. Why? Shaochlia Pesach tzrichin la. Because those that on a eat the Kurban Pesach, need the what? Come on, need the Paraduma. What a strange Medrash. So I welcome you to give your interpretation why you would say that the Paraduma is more important than the Pesach. But I'm going to suggest one, and that is the following. Interestingly, in the Sefer, Be'er Yosef, by Rav Yosef Salant, he says, that the following. Very, very interesting. Today, the paraduma is not exactly a household item. Why? We don't have a Beis HaMikdash. So forgive me, we don't really need yet the paraduma. However, when we had and will have the third Beis HaMikdash, we're going to need the paraduma. Not only for Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos. But, please God, you're going to bring a korban. Your children will bring korbanos. You want to be there and participate and eat at your children's korbanos. So you're going to be undergoing the sprinkling of the paraduma many times throughout the year. Each time you do so, on the third day and seventh day of your purification, you're going to stop and ask yourself, hey, what's going on here? The same ash and water that purifies the one that is Tomei, impure, that in of itself renders the Kohen who sprinkles it upon you Tomei. Even the wisest of men, Shlomo Melech, couldn't understand this one. As he says in Koheles, Omartiach Koma, I thought I could understand this, but many. So this, I want to say, the Para Aduma is based on Emunah. We believe. We don't understand how, and we don't ask why. We do it for no other reason, because Hashem said so. So this is Emuna. Now, I ask you, what is Pesach all about? Pesach is Emuna. Matzo is called Michla Timhemnusa, bread of faith. And in Mitzrayim, they celebrated even before anything happened. What were they celebrating? The firstborn had not yet been killed. But they were celebrating one thing and one thing only, their faith. So I really believe that the Para Aduma is more important because it lays the foundation of faith upon which Pesach is based. And let's tie it in with this week's Parsha. In this week's Parsha, unfortunately, what do Bnei Israel do? They ask one question. The question that they should not have asked. Namely, Moshe said to them, I am coming back after, come on, 40 days. And instead of doing what they should have done, they should have gone to Aaron and Hur and say, Moshe is not here, what should we do? They kill Hur and they threaten Aaron and they build an Egel. And it all starts with, oh my goodness, what do they say? They say to Aaron, Kizem Moshe Ish. 
Moshe, Asher Lonu Meiris Mitzrayim, who took us out of Egypt, Lo Yadanu Mehoyolo. They're asking what happened to him. They ask questions, and they ask the questions that they should not have asked. Comes the Parah Duma and teaches us, as a Jew, we accept. We don't ask questions. Yes, Rav Salvechik Sachron Levracha said, you learn from Avram Avinu, after the fact, you can ask questions. After Avram is ready to sacrifice Yitzchak, then he says, oh, now I have a question, what's going on here? But until then, he goes through the Akedah. And that is the very important teaching of Parshas Para. That's the very important lesson of Parshas Kisisa, our strong bolstering our emuna and our bitachon, paving the way for, please God, the forthcoming Yom Tov of Pesach. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Shabbat Gabay, Raza de Shabbos, for you here on this Friday morning, JM in the AM. The Vekas, Mila Shemelai, great song for this week. And, uh, of course, we heard Rabbi Yudin with the Torah portion of the week. And uh, thanks to uh, Nachum and to Malcolm for the weekly update. Uh, Nachum is in Jerusalem for Shabbat. And uh, he'll be back tomorrow to Shem uh, Monday morning here at JM in the AM. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kesisa, Parshas Para. Candle lighting time, 6.46. Yes, Shabbos is an hour later this week here in the United States. And um, I mentioned earlier, there are some shuls are, who are actually making um, early Shabbat. Kind of interesting. Uh, uh, that's weird to me, but uh, <laughs> there are a couple of shuls that are making early Shabbat. So uh, take note of that. Um, that's 6.46 for me. And uh, there you have it. Coming up after this great radio program this morning, uh, it's... Um, Table for two with Naomi Nachman here on NSN. She's going to be having uh, Sum Foods. Shelby Zadelbaum is uh, Zadelman, excuse me, is going to be in studio. Melinda Strauss and Miriam Pascal. That's going to be happening at 9 a.m. here on NSN. And of course, you could watch that in video form as well if you go to our homepage at NachumSiegel.com. That video will be up shortly. And uh, check it out and enjoy. 10 a.m. We will feature our Ever Shabbat music mix sponsored by our friends at Kedem. 12 o'clock, 12 noon today will be our Ever Shabbat live lunch with our very own music producer Mark Zamek featuring great Jewish music for uh, Shabbos. So uh, you don't want to miss that coming up 12 noon Eastern time here on NSN. Tomorrow night, it's executive assistant Rummy with Saturday Night Seagull. You don't want to miss that 11 p.m will be headlines with David Lichtenstein. So there you have it. That's the schedule coming up here on NSN. We are uh, going to continue. Uh, this is from Baruch Levine, Ufaratsta. Again, at ZK Zalman Kopel, Chief Engineer here at the uh, Nachum Single Network and host of a Tuesday Live Lunch. You can hear me every Tuesday afternoon, a Tuesday morning slash afternoon. Join me uh, brunch time, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on NSN for uh, yeah, a great uh, lunch. We always feature some great lunch here every Tuesday. And uh, again, if you want to reach me here in our studio, it's uh, zk at nachumsegel.com. Of course, you could comment on our app system, the Nachum Siegel app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, please go to your app store. I urge you to do so. Uh, go to the app store on uh, your Apple or Android device, your any smart device, and just uh, type in the magic name, Nachum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. It's the, uh, it's the best way to tune into us if you are on the go. Okay, here is Baruch Levine.
a celebrate for you here on Jame Nayim. Mordechai and David Riyama Shabbos and uh, Baruch Levine for Rasta. Uh, it's time to say good Shabbos. Yes, Journeys on the radio. ZKN for Nachum Siegel on this Friday morning. JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. You are tuned to America's Most Listened to Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Hurdle is sponsored digital radio uh, 
here on MalcolmSingle.com uh, and on the NSN app. And I thank everybody for tuning in to another great edition of Jamie and Malcolm Siegel. We'll be back in Reza Shem on Monday uh, here in the studio. And uh, I'll be back with you, of course, with a Tuesday live lunch, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on NSN. Don't forget, Table for Two coming up next here on the Malcolm Siegel Network. Uh, the video is up as well, so you can check it out on our homepage. Our Air Shabbat music mix coming up at 10 o'clock with... Uh, uh, sponsored by our friends at Kedem, and of course, at 12 noon, Mark Zomik's Arab Shabbat uh, live lunch. So you don't want to miss that as well. That's going to be at uh, 12 noon Eastern time. And uh, until, uh, yeah, until Tuesday, it's ZK Zalman Kopal wishing everybody a great Shabbos.